Hey guys, welcome to the latest episode of the 4040 Vision podcast, the ultimate sports history pod where hindsight is 4040. Before we get started, let's pay some bills and hear from our presenting sponsors. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the 4040 Vision podcast. I am your host, Colette Abdallah, and I'm joined today by my fellow co host, Salman Huck. What's up, man? How's everything going? Yo, what's going on, man? Not much, not much. So Salman is joining me today to discuss the best and worst case scenarios for every single team in the NFC. Hopefully you've already listened to the AFC podcast that we did earlier this week with uh, our guy Kuz, but this one is based on the NFC. And the format is simple. We're going to go through every division, every team, talk about the best and worst case scenarios for each team, talk about which one is more likely. And then we'll make some predictions for how the division is going to shake out at the end. The order that we're doing it in is in terms of projected win total. So there's no bias here, just based on what the folks in Vegas think each team is going to accomplish this year. And then, of course, we'll wrap up with some final thoughts. So we'll start with the best division last year in the NFC, and that was the NFC East, which sent three teams to the playoffs. And we will start with the Philadelphia Eagles, the defending NFC champions. Their over is 10 and a half. Not over, sorry. Their over-under is 10 and a half this year in terms of wins. So people have them, of course, repeating as the NFC East champion, which hasn't happened in, I don't know, 20 years or something. Best case scenario, they end up right back where they were last year. Back in the Super Bowl, they have a rebuilt defense. They've drafted a lot of pieces. Worst case scenario, they regress. They get that Super Bowl hangover. They end up not winning the division. They play some tough road games in the playoffs, and they just fall short of their original goal. So, Solman, what do you think is more likely for the Eagles here? I think the best-case scenario is more likely uh, just because they played at such a high level. They ran through the NFC last year. Uh, I think the only thing that would stop them is injuries, honestly, if someone like Jalen Hurts got hurt or something like that. But that's I think, you know, Eagles are going to fly again and they're going to take over the NFC East and kind of roll through the NFC like it's they didn't lose much on defense uh and and what they did lose they replenished through the draft so they are a strong team and they stayed strong so let's, uh, I'm I'm I think they're the NFC favorites for mm-hmm. sure. I want to say they lost like four or five starters on defense but they're one of the best, you know, drafting teams in the NFL. They went out and stole Jalen Carter. They got Nolan Smith. They're basically like just getting a bunch of guys from from Georgia and using them to build their core, which has worked out pretty well for them. I'm with you. Uh, I I just I see Jalen Hurts continuing to progress. I don't see any reason for him to regress. Uh, I think just everything that we know about his work ethic, his approach to the game, his attitude, all that stuff. Of course, barring injury, but you can say that for every single team, right? Assuming, of course, health and all that. I do think that they win this division. I think they have the best team top to bottom. They have probably the best quarterback in the NFC now, which is kind of crazy to say. Uh, but I, I think it's it's a pretty clear path to winning the NFC East and you know making some noise in the playoffs at, at the very least. So next up, the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys over under is nine and a half wins, so that should be you know good enough for the playoffs. And the best case scenario is that Dak Prescott bounces back after a tough year in terms of turnovers. They don't really lose many things going from Ezekiel Elliott to Tony Pollard. Their offense is incredibly firepower. 
the defense is probably going to be the strength of the team with all the playmakers they have. They have probably the best defensive player in the NFL. You can make that argument. I know you're a Niners fan, so <laughs> you're probably shaking your head at this. But yeah, they have an incredible defense. They have an incredible defense coordinator. The worst case scenario is Dak Prescott continues to turn the ball over at a high rate. Mike McCarthy is not good enough as a play caller, as we've seen a few times in Green Bay. But of course, that's this is about the regular season, not the playoffs. So what do you think happens with the Cowboys? I'm going to go worst case scenario here for the Cowboys, just because I do think we are starting to see the decline of Dak Prescott. Uh, and I don't think they, they didn't give him more offensive weapons, really. They added a tight end in the draft. That's it. And that guy's probably going to take some time. Uh, so I, I foresee the worst case scenario. I don't see Dak being a high level uh, quarterback here in the NFL. Um, and this is the start of the decline of Dak's career. And that's why they went out and made that Trey Lance trade as well. So they have some Dak insurance. Dak insurance. Yeah. I mean, they, they're on, on paper, their offense looks pretty good. I mean, they have CD lamb who I think is ready to be a number one receiver. You have Michael Gallup, who's been hurt a lot. He on paper, he's a great number two. Brandon cooks is that wild card as the, you know, he's the guy that he's get he's like so underrated. He's almost overrated at this point. People are like, Oh, he always gets a thousand yards. He always gets a thousand yards. It's like, yeah, it's hard to argue against that. He puts up numbers. So maybe he's their deep threat. The running backs, I mean, Tony Pollard, all we've been hearing for years is that he's the best, you know, he's better than Zeke Elliott. He should be starting. But we also don't know what he's going to look like with a full workload. But I think the defense is going to be good enough that no matter what, like if you are a middle-of-the-pack offense, I think they'll still win 10 games. Um, I know they have... Not a, I think they have a pretty easy schedule. I'm looking at the strength of schedule. They're, yeah, they're right in the middle of the pack. They have the 14th easiest schedule. So nothing crazy. And I think they have some gimme games in there because the NFC is, is not too strong. But, I mean, you, th- you don't think the defense is going to be enough to carry them to, to 10 wins and, you know, I, I mean, making I think, some noise? I think the defense could carry them. I, I was just more focused on the worst case for Dak. Like, we're seeing a decline in Dak. And maybe there are going to be some games where the defense is just, you know, getting points dropped on them and the Cowboys can't keep up, right? So that's going to happen. So, I mean, I, I still foresee them even in their worst case scenario, just being a borderline wildcard team. Like that's their worst case scenario for sure. Yeah. Borderline wildcard team sounds right. I mean, they, they just generate turnovers at such an incredible clip. Like Diggs is an interception machine. Parsons just wreaks havoc back there. So I think that that's going to be enough to, to propel them. So next are the New York giants. So they, were a surprise playoff team last year. They they made it as a wild card team. They went into Minnesota and beat the Vikings. Their over under is eight and a half. So, you know, teams uh, you know it seems like Vegas has them right in that five hundred ish zone. Best case scenario, Daniel Jones progresses. He has more weapons. He has Darren Waller. Saquon Barkley comes back and and keeps doing what he was doing last year. The defense was okay last year they didn't uh you know they, they weren't they didn't have a great pass rush Thibodeau was okay but I think he missed some time early as a, as a he was a rookie so you know that takes some time so best case scenario is that defense continues to improve Thibodeau becomes a game-breaking type player and they make the playoffs worst case scenario Daniel Jones regresses Darren Waller doesn't stay healthy Saquon has another you know catastrophic injury which he's had a couple times and the defense just isn't good enough to be, you know, make a difference, really. So 
which way are you leaning with the Giants? This is a tough one, man. I I feel like I'm somewhere in between the worst case and the best case. Like I do I do think the defense will be okay, but I do think we'll see a leap from Daniel Jones a little bit. Not like a huge leap, but a slight leap. So I think they'll still be in the mix for the playoffs. I'm not sure if they make it. They're just kind of I to me I feel like they'll kind of stay the same as they did last year and maybe with some luck they make the playoffs. Um but I don't I don't I don't see them like just in a big decline and doing so horribly. And I mean, but like you said, injuries are a big factor of that. Right. So mm-hmm. if, if that's the case, yeah. I, I mean, if everyone's healthy, I, I still see them as a kind of a middle of the pack fighting for a wild card spot type of team. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's again, injuries, you can say that for every, for every team, but if you have guys with an injury history, then it makes a little more sense to talk about it. And of course, Waller and Barkley and all that. I'm, I'm leaning towards the, the latter. I think that they, regress a little bit i i don't i think they were able to catch teams off guard last year because they had a really unorthodox type of offense i know brian dable is a great coach and he he made some great decisions last year and, and they surprised people in a rebuild year but i think they regress to closer to like six seven wins and i don't think they're i don't think they make the playoffs i think it's it's pretty obvious there so next up are the washington commanders their over-under is seven and a half. And surprisingly, I think they went seven and nine last year, which is quite an achievement considering the quarterbacks that they had there. So the best case scenario is, you know, Ron Rivera finds some of that magic he had in Carolina. Sam Howell is a good quarterback. At, you know, he builds on that performance at the end of the year. He's getting a lot of like whispers and hype, which I don't know if he deserves it, but I mean, people are excited. They have new ownership. There's a lot of reasons to be optimistic in Washington. And their defense was pretty good last year as well. Worst case scenario, Sam Howell is Sam Howell. And he just doesn't do very well. Ron Rivera, you know, they don't have too many weapons on offense. They have, like, guys that you would consider, like, okay, that's they're okay. You know what I mean? They have some intriguing guys, you know, Scary Terry, Curtis Samuel, the running backs, the duo Robinson and Gibson, you're like, okay, they're okay. You know, they're maybe a little bit above average, but nothing special. I don't think anyone really scares you on that offense with the uh, uh, exception of, of, of Scary Terry. And then the defense, you know, I think they're always going to have a pretty good defense under Jack Del Rio, who's not a great head coach, but a pretty good defensive coordinator. So which which way are you leaning for the, the Washington commies? Yeah, I think, uh, did you just call them the commies? <laughs> um I, I for me I feel like the Redskins are a team that are are they're not scaring anybody. Wait, they're the not who? What was their name? My bad. Commanders. <laughs> the Commanders. My gosh, my gosh. All right. The Commanders are not scaring anyone. Uh I mean their defense is above average. That should get them to about around 7 wins. Uh and I think Sam Howell is just going to be an average quarterback, maybe more Mitch Trubisky than, you know, like a Big Ben as people are hyping him up to be kind of that kind of guy. He could like play that way uh but yeah i think he's a more of a mitch trubisky type player uh maybe be- slightly better than mitch trubisky but we'll see uh <clears throat> really hard one to call here but i i think you know seven wins is probably about right they'll just repeat what they did last year their defense is good enough to do that yeah they're always like in the mix they're always kind of hanging around i just don't they have chase young who i think they declined his fifth year option maybe because of his injuries so their defensive tackles are really good, but aside from that, I don't really see any game breakers on their defense unless, of course, Chase Young takes a leap. So I think 
but it's 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 funny because both on offense and defense you have guys who are like okay he's pretty good he's maybe potentially great but they're not good enough to like to really consider them as as a threat in this division i mean i know the division they always beat up on each other they broke the eagles winning streak last year and stuff so it's always something happening in the nfc especially with all the weird primetime games they get so things can get a little funny but i still see them you know closer to the bottom of the league than the top so how does this de- how does this division shake out do you think it goes chalk the way uh we talked about it here yeah i think so i think uh you got the eagles you got the Cowboys, you got the Giants, and then you got the Commanders coming in last. I think that's that's the way it's going to go, for sure. Yeah, it's it's hard to argue against that. <laughs> I mean, we could see some... I could see the Giants and the Commies flipping flipping uh, spots here, but I know you like that. I love calling them the Commies. It's just too obvious. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And 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 their colors are almost red. Yeah, there you, <laughs> there you go. Uh, so next is the NFC North. Uh, so this division is... Probably the toughest division to call in, not in the NFL, but definitely in the NFC, because I think the, all the teams are kind of bunched together, and you can see that in the win projections. So uh, we'll start with the Detroit Lions. Their uh, over/under is nine games. At the the best case scenario is they continue, you know, off the hype that they were getting at the end of the season, where they beat the the Packers in Green Bay. They didn't make the playoffs, but they were, you know, on the cusp. They had an incredible offense last year. They were scoring points for fun. Their defense was awful. <laughs> it was the worst in the NFL. So the best case scenario is their defense is middle of the road, maybe even top 20, and their offense continues to be incredibly explosive. They lost Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift, but they got two great running backs in Gibbs and Montgomery. Their receivers on paper look really good. They have uh, exciting young tight end. And Jared Goff finally seems comfortable uh, on a team. It seems like this is his team. Worst case scenario, they're not able to score as often as they can, you know, as often as they should because they lost Jameson Williams to suspension. Amon Ross St. Brown, he's looking like one of, one of the best receivers in the league, but he's I think he has some health concerns already. And their defense just continues to suck, and they end up falling short of the playoffs yet again on the worst case scenario. So which way are you leaning? I want to go best case scenario here, but it is the Detroit Lions. I don't think they've won the division in ever. Maybe I think that's that's what it is. So I, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I don't think the Lions. I'm going to look won. it up while you're talking. Yeah, and so I'm I'm just because they are the Lions. I'm going to go worst case scenario here. Uh, I don't think their defense is going to improve much. I didn't. They didn't add a lot to that defense. They they have some line issues, some health health concerns on their lines with like Frank Ragnow, their center and. You know their their tackles are okay, um, so I I do foresee them missing the playoffs again. Unfortunately, they I think they're sit they're right back to where they were last year, kind of eight and eight. I don't think they improved on either side of the ball much, and I mean their offense was electric, but I think they just sit right there at like eight and eight and eight like eight wins, eight win yeah, team, eight the, and nine. They were nine and eight last year, so yeah. the last time they won the division was nineteen ninety three. Yeah, it's so. been a long time. A long <laughs> <It's> time. <laughs> exactly 30 years. So who knows? Maybe 30 years, the, the, they break the curse. Uh, I, I'm kind of leaning towards your your way. I still think Minnesota is probably the best team in this division. I think they're getting a lot of hype for being okay. Like they were 
they were decent last year. They had some, you know, they, they get a lot of credit for beating Green Bay, but Green Bay was awful last year. I mean, they, I don't want to say they swept Chicago. They probably swept Chicago, but Chicago was awful too. I mean, they were competitive at some points, but they still only won three games. They're the worst team in the NFL. So I don't know how much credit you get for winning nine games in that division. You know, I mean, even with Minnesota going, I think they went what, 13 to four or something like that. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm leaning more towards, yeah, nine and eight. I still think they can sneak in as a wild card, but I feel like this is the, the division where everyone's going to be between like six to 10 wins, seven to 10 wins. I don't think there's going to be like a really awful team. So I think it'll be decided like week 16 to 18. It's going to be one of those. Yeah, I agree with that. So next are the Minnesota Vikings. So their current over under, again, these are fluid. So don't hold me to it. You know, um, these change every week, it seems like. Uh, so the place where I got them from, these are the over unders. And Minnesota is, uh, their over under is eight and a half. So obviously teams are, are they're the, the folks in Vegas are expecting a bit of a regression from Minnesota. I mean, they were like seven and zero in one score games. They won a lot of really crazy games. The Bills game, the Colts game, where they came back from like 30 points, greatest comeback in regular season NFL history. So best case scenario, they continue to be incredibly lucky. <laughs> they continue to have a very good offense. They lost Dalvin Cook, uh, but they have weapons. They got Jordan Addison, TJ Hawkinson, of course. Now they have the probably the best receiver in the NFL, Justin Jefferson, that's about to get a crazy contract. So that's that's good enough to propel them. Their defense was pretty bad last year. I think they had the worst red zone defense in the NFL, if I'm remembering that correctly. So we're hoping for some kind of progression there. And I think even if they split those one score games, I think it's still good enough to win this division at like, you know, 10, 11 games. But of course, the worst case scenario is I think their offense is going to be good no matter what. But the worst case scenario is their defense just is not good enough to keep them in games and they end up winning a lot of, or they end up losing a lot of really weird games. Which way are you going uh, with the Vikings? I'm going worst case scenario here with the Vikings. Um, I think I think their just strength of schedule got really hard too, right? They're, they're going to play a lot tougher teams than they did last year. Uh, but even in their worst case, I still, I still foresee them kind of hitting nine wins, right? Like you said, everyone in this division is kind yeah. of around there, right? So, so to that point real quick, just uh, uh, they have the 27th toughest schedule. So or they're 27th in terms of strength of schedule, which is... Oh, really? Okay. That's, that's awful. That's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, they're that's the, what I'm actually saying. they're only yeah they're the only NFC team in the top six. So like top like in terms of hardest schedules, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's so. I mean they they're they're playing all the division winners from last year, right? That they struggled against, and so they're not getting easy games. And I think they're they're like the first six weeks are or something like that are really tough games. So I I do foresee them really like dropping off on the wins. I think eight, nine wins is probably where they're going to be at. I don't know if they win the division, uh, but let, let's see what, where, where this goes with Kirk Cousins and the offense. I think that's, they'll have to keep relying on that. And I don't know if you want to rely on Kirk Cousins to, uh, you know, keep, keep winning games for you here. Did you watch the, the quarterback show on Netflix? I did. I okay. did. My God, <laughs> that guy's recovery is insane, but he gets beat up a lot. That's what the quarterback show showed. It, it was like, I feel like, man, out of all the quarterbacks, I feel like Kirk Cousins is just getting beat up left, right, and center. I mean, the funny thing is, like, 
I feel like one of his reputations is he has no pocket presence and he doesn't feel the rush. So he takes a lot of hits that he shouldn't take. I think the show probably showed me like, he's just a really tough guy. Like he's just going to stand in there, take the punishment, do his thing, you know, go get stretched out and do his uh, recovery stuff. It made yeah. me really like him. <laughs> I'm like, I, I like, it made me like him more for sure. After, after yeah. I was like, Oh man, dude's playing with like a rib injury. He's taking the hits. He's still taking the hits. Like, his ribs all jacked up and he's still taking hits. So I was like, my goodness. So yeah, he's a he's, tough guy for sure. He's like rolling around like moaning like that family guy meme where the you know Peter's grabbing his knee, but he's he's playing and he's he's toughing it out. So I'm rooting for him. Uh, I'm leaning more towards the the best. I think they still win this division because of the the continuity and everything that they have going for them. So I'm I'm still leaning that way. Uh next is the Green Bay Packers. This team has I've seen probably the biggest variance in people's predictions when it comes to this team. Uh, their over-under is 7.5. Um, there's a lot of the uh, what's called the Ewing theory potential with them losing Aaron Rodgers and supposedly like, you know, the dark cloud of Aaron Rodgers, quote-unquote, is no longer hanging over this franchise. They still don't have great offensive weapons. I think the only, like, r- probably great player on that offense is Aaron Jones. He's getting close to 30 though. Depends on how you feel about Christian Watson who uh, he came on strong at the end of the season, but I don't think they have many other threats on offense. They got a rookie tight end and stuff like that. Their defense should be good. They have a lot of blue chippers on defense. They keep drafting guys in the first round, uh, first and second round on defense. So the worst case scenario or best case scenario is Jordan Love is, you know, worthy of being a first round pick. He plays well. Um, he showed some signs in uh, you know the bit part that he played last year, and he continues to progress. The worst case scenario is he looks more like Jordan Love from a couple seasons ago. They stink it up. Their defense is not good enough, and they finish bottom of the division for the first time in a long time. I'm going to look that up too. Which way are you leaning for the Packers? I'm going to go best case scenario here. I'm a Jordan Love believer. Uh, I like I like their weapons. I like. Christian Watson, I like Romeo Dobbs, I like uh, Jaden Reed, you know, Luke Musgrave, Musgrave, whatever his name is, he's he's a good weapon, um, and then A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones, they're going to split carry, so I, I believe in that offense, and I believe their defense is above average, um, and I think they are a dark horse to potentially win the division if everything falls right for them. Okay, that's a, a somewhat bold prediction. Uh, so the last time they finished last in the division was in 2005. They went four and twelve, so yeah, it, it hasn't. It's been a while. I mean, it makes sense, right? Rogers. Then you had Favre before that. I, I think even before that, let's see, nineteen eighty-eight. So in the last wow. thirty-five years, Only they finished twice. last in the division. Yeah, in nineteen eighty-eight and two thousand five. So good for you. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's hard, man. I I did I did like what I see. Uh, I, I did like what I saw from from Jordan Love last year. You know, I think he, he only played a little bit, but I think he just has to make some of the smart decisions. I think he brings some more athleticism to the position that Rodgers, you know, used to bring. I, I don't think he's quite that guy anymore. Um, I think that connection between him and Christian Watson is going to be strong, but I I see them as more in I, – I think I see him more in like a 6-7 win range, which I think is acceptable, right? I think Jordan Love's going to look good but I don't think they're going to be good enough to make the playoffs or, or even challenge seriously for the division. 
so the last team here is the Chicago Bears. They have the same over-under as the Green Bay Packers at 7.5. Best case scenario is Justin Fields continues to progress as a, as a passer, as a quarterback. He's one of the most exciting players in the league last year, despite being pretty one-dimensional. Um, they've tried to add some pieces on the offensive line. They went out and got him a star receiver in DJ Moore. And all of a sudden, you're looking at this offense. You're like, they got some weapons. They got Khalil Herbert and Cole Komet, who's a above-average type tight end. And all of a sudden, you know, you got Darnell Mooney, DJ Moore, and Chase Claypool, who's not very good. But at least he's not the number one receiver anymore, which I think should help. Uh, and their defense was awful last year. One of the worst in the league. They traded away a lot of their blue trippers. Uh, traded Roquan Smith. They got rid of Robert Quinn. So I think best-case scenario is this defense, again, goes to middle of the pack and Justin Fields becomes a above average passer, not just a quarterback. The worst case scenario is he continues to be one dimensional. He's inaccurate. The offense is still going to be exciting, but the way that he runs, he's going to take some big hits and he, he might not have a long season and the defense continues to be awful. Which way are you leaning for the bears? I'm going worst case scenario here. Um, I think, yeah, I think from Justin Fields, we saw we saw a lot of good stuff uh, in terms of running, but I think the passing is still a little far off. He looks a little, uh, he just looks a little, I don't know why, he's just not confident in his throws. And so I think we need to see that, but, and I, and I don't think this defense is going to be very good. And so they're going to put Justin Fields in situations where he's going to have to come from behind and that's going to be tough. Um, so worst case scenario here for me, and I do think they're, they're maybe a five-win team at best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you look at their their defense, probably the only guy that you would think is like close to great would be Tremaine Edmonds, and that depends on how you feel about him. So yeah, they're Jalen Johnson, Brisker, the safety, they're they're good players, but you know, I, I wouldn't put them in the great category. And then yeah, on offense, I, I think they'll it'll be similar to last year where they're scoring a lot of points, but in the key moments, I think He's not quite there yet in terms of, you know, Justin Fields, like his, his accuracy. I think he's going to make some mistakes. Same thing he did last year. I think it's going to be really interesting to see what they do after this year because I think he's due for an extension. Are they going to hit the reset button? I think it just depends on how many games they win. I think if they end up in the top five, I could see them moving on from him because this current regime didn't draft him. So that, that's that's a big strike against him. So how do you see this, this division uh, shaking out? I know this is a tough one. This is a tough one. I'm going to shock you here, Khalid. I'm going to go Green Bay Packers finishing number one. Vikings two, Lions three, Bears four. I love it. I love it. Bold takes. Um, I'm going to go not quite chalk. I'm going to go Minnesota winning the division, uh, again, because of the continuity. I think Detroit finishes second. And then I'm going to say, you know, Green Bay and Chicago. So, so sort of chalk. <laughs> Just flip the Lions and the Vikings. Yeah. Uh, next up, the NFC West, your boys. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers are the clear favorite in this division. Elite, again, again from the rankings that I got. Um, their over-under is 11.5. So that is good enough, you know, based on this list that we have to be the number one seed in the NFL or in the NFC. Yeah, I think even in the NFL, I'm going to say maybe Kansas City has a, a close to the, the same over-under. Best case, I want to hear a lot from you on this because there's a lot happening with this team. Best case scenario, Nick Bosa signs tomorrow. We're recording this on September 6th. Best case scenario, Nick Bosa signs a new deal on September 7th. He suits up 
week one and continues to be the defensive player of the year, caliber player that he is. The defense continues to be an incredibly dominant unit. I think you guys have all pro talent at every level. Maybe the cornerbacks are the only question mark on this defense. The offense, incredible talent everywhere. Brock Purdy picks up where he left off before his injury, and he continues to be just good enough with a little bit of you know creativity and flair that he brings to the game to take you guys to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl. Worst case scenario, Nick Bosa misses a bunch of time. The defense, I don't see the defense regressing. Obviously, uh, uh, you know, with if Bosa's not out there, then yeah, sure. But if he's out there, then I don't see the defense regressing one bit. Again, worst case on offense, Brock Purdy doesn't hold up. You end up with Sam Darnold, who's a turnover machine, and you fall short of the playoffs in one of the big shocks of the season. So I think I know which way you're leaning, but I want to hear you talk this out. I want to hear you tell me why you believe that things will go well for you this year. Okay. The homer in me is definitely saying best case scenario. We get Nick Bosa here. Uh, but I think that's 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 where a lot of this is going to hinge on, right? It, does Bosa sign and is he going to play? How many games is he going to play? Because I do feel a lot of our a lot of the defensive schemes that they run is like dependent on Nick Bosa getting to the quarterback. Um, and when you don't have that guy, it's it's a dangerous game you're playing now, right? You're you, you we don't have like stud corners. We have you know Mooney Ward there, but after him it's not stud corners and so you're you're really relying on the pass rush to get home you're relying on fred warner to make the right calls uh and when nick bosa's not out there it 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 would be a significant regression if nick bosa's not there so i'm not worried about brock purdy i think brock purdy has so many weapons around him he will continue i don't he's not going to be quite that level we saw the last the, the eight games he played last year but he will be playing at a pretty high level uh, quarterback play. So I'm not worried about that. The thing that is that the biggest thing I worry about is Nick Bosa not signing, missing like half the season maybe, or, or we trade him. Like there's even talk about he could be traded if he doesn't sign by, by the trade deadline. So um, if that happens, I do, I do feel like we go from NSC favorite to borderline wild card. but mm-hmm. uh, assuming Nick Bosa signs, yeah, we're, we're, we're ready to rock and roll. Yeah, this is the same guy that I want to say he sat out the last year of his college career. Uh, his brother, Joey, held out uh, when he got drafted by the Chargers. So this they is a family. They're about that paper. Exactly. They're about that paper. <laughs> They're about a couple other things too. But they definitely, they hold firm. You know, they have their convictions. They're not going to uh, play college ball when they don't have to. They're going to take, They're gonna. I think he has a very firm number that he has in mind. I think eventually... I don't know, man. I can't see them pulling like a Raiders with Khalil Mack. I I just don't see that. I think he's such an integral part of this team. Unless Kyle Shanahan is arrogant enough to think that this team can can succeed without him, which I'm waiting. He is. I think he is. I think he is. And so that's the thing, right? If if we don't sign Bosa and you Mm -hmm. borderline miss the playoffs, I think you got to fire Lynch and Shanahan. That's that's what I'll say. Yeah, I mean the Trey Lance thing wasn't great. Uh, we didn't even talk about that. You know, they gave up on this first round quarterback that they, cause they kind of, I don't want to say they lucked into Brock Purdy, but they kind of did. I mean, it's not like you take a seventh they, round guy, yeah. you know, think, oh yeah, lucked into Purdy. They 100% yeah, you're not lucked taking a guy in the seventh like, round thing and he's a starter. You're like, oh yeah, he could be a good backup for us at, at best. You know, my concern is I'll tell you why. I, I mean, I'm definitely leaning closer to best case for a couple reasons. I do, you know, have plenty of concerns about Brock Purdy. I, th- I mean, he's a smaller guy. 
you know, Shanahan does like those rollouts and those bootlegs. I don't think he's going to use them like Trey Lance, but he does make things very easy for the quarterbacks, but he also does expose them a little bit. And that's the concern. You don't want to end up with Sam Darnold as your quarterback. I mean, he's on one play. He looks like the best quarterback in the league on the next. He looks like the worst. And I think that's, that's not a recipe for success. Go ahead. You got something to say. No, I was going to say Shanahan thinks, you know, Sam Darnold could be Steve Young. So, I mean, <laughs> that yeah there's the arrogance that's i think the ar- that's the arrogance of kyle shannon yeah. right there and but i think the the thing that you guys really have going for you is that you have the fourth easiest schedule in terms of strength of schedule uh you are in a division with two awful teams um teams that are actively probably going to be lo- trying to lose um so you can throw in you know pencil in four wins right there i don't think you're going to split any of those games i think you win those very easily Seattle is is the the question mark, and you guys always they always play you tough, you know, especially in Seattle. But yeah, I, I think that it's it's a pretty something disastrous has to happen for them not to win the the division. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Like Nick Bosa not signing and Brock <laughs> Purdy taking like is out after three games. So. Yeah, exactly. Bosa ending up in Las Vegas or somewhere else. <laughs> that is that would be the worst case scenario, Khalid. That would be the worst case scenario. All right, next up, the Seattle Seahawks. So their current over-under is 8.5. They were a surprise playoff team last year. I believe they were the uh, the sixth seed last year. They were not the seventh seed. So not not quite. Actually, yeah, they were definitely a surprise playoff team. Nobody thought that Geno Smith was going to take this massive leap in his, uh, in his 30s. He ends up looking like one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. He's the most accurate quarterback in the NFL. Best case scenario, that continues. They have a ton of weapons. Kenneth Walker is a dog. DK Metcalf, one of the best receivers in the league. Tyler Lockett, one of the most underrated receivers in the league. They drafted uh, Smith and Jigba from Ohio State. They got a ton of talent on offense, and their offensive line continues to progress. They had two rookie tackles last year. People made a big deal about that, but they kept progressing. Their defense was awful last year. They made it. They forced a lot of turnovers. They had good DBs, but they had the worst run defense in the league. People just ran all over them. Best case scenario is that changes. They improve. They're a, again a middle of the road type type defense. Worst case scenario is Geno Smith, you know, becomes a pumpkin again. Basically, it goes back to being Geno Smith in in New York. I don't think that's going to happen. But again, in the in the worst case scenario on off or defense is they continue to struggle as a unit. They force some, you know, turnovers here and there, some big plays, but that's, that's the worst case is they just continue to struggle. I do think they have the best coach in this division, which, which should help, but uh, which way are you leaning for the Seahawks? One thing I've learned in the, like the, what, 15 years Pete Carroll's been coached. You can never count him out, right? He's always finding a way to win. And so I'm going best case scenario here. I think you we're, we'll see Geno Smith still be performing at a high level, added more weapons for him. You got, you know, they drafted that guy out of out UCLA, Zach Charbonnet, like they're just adding weapons on the offense. And I think the defense will make some progression. It's not, it's never going to be a stud defense, but as long as they're, you know, average to above average, Seattle is going to be a tough play for us. And if they figure out how to stop us on the run, run inside of the ball, uh, they're a tough play for us, especially in Seattle. So I think best case scenario here for Seattle mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. They brought Bobby Wagner back, which I mean, he might be washed up, but at least, you know, they're going to be in the right place because, you know, they have their defensive leader back. So I think that that should help. I do say, I do have them as a playoff team, but I don't think they're good enough to win this division. Uh, so next are the Los Angeles Rams. I do not know. I do not understand this 
at all. <laughs> but they're over under right now is seven and a half. You look at their roster and there's a lot of question marks. I'll say that. There's a lot of who the hell is that guy? Um, of course, you got your your stars, Aaron Donald, Cooper Cup, but he has a hamstring issue. You know, God knows how long he's going to be out. Matt Stafford reportedly was going to retire with a spinal injury. So a lot of question marks on this team. Best case scenario, I think, is they stay competitive. Their star power wins out. Their coaching wins out. And they challenge for a wild card spot. Worst case scenario, maybe best case scenario for them, is that they're awful. They shut down Cooper Cup. They shut down Matt Stafford. We see Stetson Bennett start 10 games. Aaron Donald plays like eight games and then shuts it down for the, the year. And they end up with the first pick in the draft and draft Caleb Williams. So it's like a worst best case scenario. Which way are you leaning? Definitely worst case scenario. Um, I think this is the beginning of the end for the Rams. Uh, definitely the start of a rebuild here, I think, right? Um, and they're going to probably do everything in their power to kind of tank on down and get and be one in the top five here in the, what's going to be a really strong quarterback class, right? You got Kayla Williams, you got Drake May, you got these guys, super, super talented quarterbacks coming in. And Matthew Stafford looks like he's ready to retire. Aaron Donald looks like he's ready to retire. Who knows? They may even end up trading Cooper Cup if they can get some draft picks. Um, so I think that's where the Rams' mindset is at, and I don't think they're going to challenge anyone for the division. And like you said, easy mm-hmm. wins here for both the Niners and Seahawks. Yeah, that's why I don't understand where this 7.5 is coming from. This has to be like just L.A. It has hype. to be like... Yeah, maybe. Or it's like, oh, everyone, Stafford's healthy, Cup's help, healthy, they can get to eight games. Like, But that's like, that's if everyone's healthy. And I don't think Stafford mm-hmm. is healthy. And I don't think Stafford's going to last eight games. Yeah. Even during the Super Bowl run, he had the like, elbow injury. So he's he's taken a lot of hits over the years on the Lions. He's a really tough guy, but I, I just don't see that uh, panning out. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely leaning towards like, you're going to be a top, top three pick. You're going to get a top three pick this year. And they actually have their pick next year. So they have a reason to to shut things down. Maybe they have some private conversations with Aaron Donald and uh, Matt Stafford. Be like, listen, guys, you know, we won a Super Bowl. Just go go rest up. We're gonna put you on IR with an injury, and we're gonna figure this out. So, yeah. And then I I know Caleb Williams this uh, this week. His dad came out and said, you know, if he's in a bad situation, he's in the, he might come back to school. So they're probably hoping he ends up on the Rams because they have great organization, great coach. And they're probably hoping he doesn't end up on the next team that we're going to talk about, which is the Arizona Cardinals. Their over-under is five and a half. Again, like I said, don't hold me to it. Best case scenario, (laughs) there is no best case scenario for this team. They are completely bereft of any talent um, on... You know, either side of the ball, I think their best player is probably Hollywood Brown right now, and he's not even that good. Uh, James Conner is probably praying for a trade at this point. I, I think he probably will get traded. I think I read this week or last week that uh, Kyler Murray has some insane injury guarantees that if he gets injured, they're going to have to pay him a ton of money. So I, I don't see them playing him for that reason, especially coming off you know a major injury. I don't think they're going to force the issue. So. Best case scenario is the same as the... No, no, I'll say best case scenario is they get the first overall pick. And the worst case scenario is they somehow win five games and they end up like, you know, third or fourth or fifth and they don't get the quarterback that they want. So I think I know which way you're leaning, but you tell me. Yeah, worst, uh, your best case scenario where they end up with the number one pick. Uh, this team is absolutely devoid of any talent whatsoever. 
And I don't think they bring Kyler Murray back. I mean, maybe 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 they try to bring him back, showcase him for a game or two, and try to trade him. Maybe. Uh, but that's about it, right? Like I think they're absolute. This is an absolute tank job happening here in Arizona. They they have no incentive to win. They're I mean they're trading they're trade they traded away the guy they drafted like two years ago for a seventh round draft pick. Like what are mm-hmm. you doing all out there? So I, Arizona is complete. Like I'd be I'd I'd be surprised if they win more than two games. Two games, yeah, I I could see it. I mean, their starting quarterback is Josh Dobbs, nice guy, but uh, he was been he's literally been on the team for like eight days. Um, so yeah, I'm again, they're probably praying. Let's just get that first overall pick. All right, if Caleb Williams doesn't want to come here, we'll draft Drake May, maybe Shadour Sanders. I don't know if he's draft eligible, but they'll draft one of these kids and 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 start over. I think the Kyler Murray experiment is over. So. I think I know which way you're gonna what what you're gonna say here, but just tell me how you're gonna shake out the division. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go chalk. I'll go Niners, Seahawks, Rams, Cardinals. All right. Last but not least, the NFC South. So the New Orleans Saints are the favorite in this division. Their over under is nine and a half. Best case scenario is Derek Carr finds some of that old mojo he struggled last year in that McDaniel's offense. But he continues to uh, show that he's at least a good quarterback. Uh, they have weapons all over the field. Um, Jamal Williams. Uh, they have uh, Chris Olave, Michael Thomas. Maybe he's fully healthy for the first time in three years. Uh, they have a dynamic tight end in Juwan Johnson. They have a weapon in Taysom Hill. Alvin Kamara is still one of the best backs in the league, even if he's going to miss a few games for suspension. And their defense was pretty good last year. Kept them in a lot of games, and it's going to continue to be good. They have a lot of playmakers on that defense. Honey Badger, Marshawn Lattimore, Cam Jordan. They have blue chippers on that uh, that offense. Or on, well, both offense and defense. Worst case scenario is Derek Carr is washed up, which I don't think he is. And, you know, Michael Thomas isn't healthy, and then all of a sudden it's just Derek Carr and, Marsh- and um, Chris Olave. They're easy to stop. Alvin Kamara doesn't play well coming off a of suspension, which again I don't see is very very likely. And on defense, their defense uh, regresses. They lost a couple of defensive linemen in t- in the division to Atlanta, and they continue to struggle. Uh, you know, in the post Drew Brees era. So which way are you leaning for the Falcons? Or sorry, for the Saints. For the Saints, I'm going best case scenario here. I do think Derek Carr has some juice left in in, in him. Uh, I do see this being a pretty high-powered offense with the weapons that they have that you listed. And I do see the defense being above average. So I do think the Saints are in the driver's seat here in this division. Yeah, they're they're the clear favorite. I think they have easily the best quarterback uh, in the division. They There's a lot of question marks around Dennis Allen as a coach. But he was just stuck on some really bad Raiders teams. And honestly, the fact that they won... I want to say they won six or seven games last year with a combination of like Andy Dalton uh, and and Jameis Winston. I, I want to say Taysom Hill started a couple games for them too. So the fact that they were able to cobble that together, um, and yeah, they just have they have playmakers on defense, and I think it's going to be the first time in his career that Derek Carr has a you know a defense that's above average. We'll say that. So I think they're a pretty easy pick. They also have uh, the second easiest schedule in the NFL. So. They're playing in the division with uh, Carolina and Tampa Bay. So those are probably four wins, at least three. I see at least three there. Um, so I think that's going to help them. And I think they're going to they're gonna win the division pretty easily. The next team, which a, a, a lot of people are, are high on, 
for some reason, and I, I get it, I, I can see why, is the Atlanta Falcons. Their over-under is 7.5, and, and their best-case scenario is that Desmond Ritter you know, takes a big leap from last year and he's able to lean on the incredible weapons that he has around him, or at least incredible on paper. Uh, he's able to get the ball to Kyle Pitts, who's struggled to get the you know to make a, an impact in his NFL career so far. He gets the ball to Drake London. They get the ball to Bijan Robinson, who people are saying is like the next big thing when it comes to running backs. And then their defense was pretty good last year. They had uh, some playmakers in the defensive backfield. They struggled to stop the run, and they just you know I think if they progress, then I think they can make some noise in the division, possibly again because the division's not very good. So. That they'll be able to stack some wins there. Worst case scenario is Desmond Ritter is Desmond Ritter. And he just doesn't live up to uh, some of the expectations people have him in this year. And it doesn't matter what kind of talent you have around you. You're just not able to uh, get the job done. And then on defense, you know, they're just not able to carry a struggling offense. So which way are you leaning for the Falcons? I'm leaning in worst case scenario here. I don't I don't believe in Desmond Ritter. I don't I didn't see enough from him last year. Uh, in the games he started, obviously rookie, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure he's the guy that's going to lead their franchise into the next, uh, you know, the next part of their journey here. And like, I don't, I don't think he makes them a playoff team. I think he's probably holding them back here because, uh, like you said, uh, their defense is pretty solid. Um, but you know, it's Arthur Smith. He he could he could just be like, you know what? I'm just going to run the ball like 70 times a game. So that that could get him there. Uh, but if he has to rely on Desmond Ritter in any shape or form, I don't think the Falcons are winning a lot of games. And they should honestly tank, right? So so many great <laughs> quarterbacks here. So that that's the the wild card is Arthur Smith. Uh, I mean, last year they they showed that if they get ahead, if they get a seven ten point lead, they can just run the ball on you. And even if they're down 10, 14 points, they're going to keep running the ball. So I think he's going to take the ball out of Ritter's hands as much as possible. And just make it the B. John Robinson, Tyler Algier, Cordell Patterson show. Just basically ride those guys. And Kyle Pitts is going to get like 50 targets <laughs> over the course of the season. And they're going to waste a top five pick on a tight end. And he's going to end up somewhere where somebody can actually take advantage of his talent. I want to say what's sneaky about this team is they do have uh, Taylor Heineke as their backup. I do think at some point in the season, he's going to take over that starting job. I know you're shaking your head at me, but... The guy has moxie. He he's he can take the starting job. He's still gonna suck. I just don't think he sucks. I think he's he's good enough. He's tough. He makes right plays. You know, I don't like to say quarterback. You know, some quarterbacks are winners and some are not because I don't think wins are quarterback stat. But I do think he's he's intriguing enough where you're like, okay, if this is the type of team where we just need the quarterback to just do enough, you know, scramble, take some hits, make some plays. I think he's the guy ahead of Desmond. I want to say by like. Week eight, he ends up I can see uh, as the starter. I can see that. I can see that. I just yeah. think he's he's on the level of Baker Mayfield. That's like that's as good as he is. <laughs> like he's he's maybe a slightly smarter Baker Mayfield. I can see that. They also have the easiest schedule in terms of strength of schedule, so that 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 helps them. Um, I do think they're going to be, uh, you know, in the eight nine win range. I think New Orleans is going to be like eleven twelve. I think just based on their schedule. So I do think, uh, you know, they continue to. They're, they're going to be a thorn in some sides. There's going to be some games where they're going to rush for 350 yards and they're going to look awesome. There's going to be some games where they get down early and Desmond Ritter throws four interceptions and it's it's the end of the day. So I think they're just going to be a really volatile type team. Next up, I do not understand this line at all. 
Carolina Panthers, their over-under is 7.5. Best case scenario is Bryce Young looks great. He has no weapons uh, to speak of, but somehow, some way, he magics this team to you know seven, eight wins. They do have a great defense, but they do have a very similar situation to the 49ers where Brian Burns is not reporting. He is holding out for a contract, and if they trade him, then... You know, I can see this defense taking a huge step back because he was one of the best rushers in the NFL or edge rushers in the NFL, one of the best players on defense in the NFL last year. So I think it's it's similar to Arizona where their best best case scenario is to just to suck, you know, just stink it up, be competitive, keep Bryce Young healthy and end up back in that top three to get, you know, maybe a stud left tackle a star wide receiver, maybe Marvin Harrison Jr. because of all the quarterbacks. Maybe you get him, something like that. And then worst case scenario is you win six, seven games and you end up outside the top 10 and you're still bereft of talent on offense. So uh, which way are you leaning here? Yeah, I think worst, sorry, best case scenario where they kind of tank and end up in the top five here. Um, Bryce Young, great prospect. Not enough weapons there. Like his best receiver is probably Adam Thielen. And his second best offensive weapon is Miles Sanders, who is, Good, but injury concerns with that guy. Uh, Hayden Hurts, like Jonathan Mingo. Like, they drafted guys, sure, but these, these are all guys that are going to take time to develop and gel out of sight of Thielen, right? Um, and their off- their line is a mess on the offensive side, so Bryce Young is, is going to get stacked a lot. So they better protect that dude. Um, and so, yeah, tanked in the top, get down in the top five, top ten, draft the linemen, protect Bryce Young, add, give him some more weapons, and that that's your best case there. Yeah. Just let him play, you know, half a season. Don't let him get too beat up, especially because you said the offensive line is a mess. They did not look good in preseason. They were not able to keep him upright. You know, make things simple for him. A lot of three-step drops, a lot of rollouts, just simple stuff. Keep him healthy. Keep him upright. Start Andy Dalton for a few games, you know, especially late in the season. And just build up that team. Because on defense, they're, they're scary on defense, but their offense is just not good enough. So, I could see their defense winning maybe, you know, one, two games for them, maybe with some big plays. But again, if Brian Burns is not out there, then all of a sudden it's, it's a lot less intimidating uh, of a unit. So I, I'm definitely leaning best worst case. So we'll see them back in the top five. And then last and definitely least, probably a contender for one of the worst teams in the NFC and definitely one of the worst teams in the NFL, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They paid the price for their Super Bowl run. They've lost a lot of talent in the last couple years. They lost the GOAT. Um, And now their quarterbacks are Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask. So maybe the worst, well, after Arizona, (laughs) the worst quarterback room in the NFL. Uh, They just lost their starting center. Uh, They're just just a mess. And that's fine, right? They're paying the price for that. So again, best case scenario is they win two, three games. And they end up, you know, back in that top five. They finally get a, a, a legitimate quarterback to replace Tom Brady, and they just ride that out. Best case scenario is, or worst case scenario, I should say, is Baker Mayfield finds some of that Cleveland form that he had, and they end up just being good enough to be mediocre in that, you know, six, seven win range. I don't see that happening, but which way are you leaning for the, the Buccaneers? Yeah, I. I... Baker Mayfield does worry me that he has some weapons and he could win a few games that they didn't want to win. That that does worry me. Like he could 
randomly get hot with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and win like three games like that, like just mess up and win three games, right? Like Baker Mayfield has the ability to do that. Um, but I do see them finishing bottom of the division uh, firmly in that, you know, trying to get those top quarterbacks, trying to get one of the top five guys in the draft uh, mm-hmm. in terms of quarterbacks. So I think that's where that's where they're at. Yeah, they do. They do still have talent on offense, like you said. I think Mike Evans is, is in a contract uh, dispute as well. It seems just like a constant theme these days. Guys just trying to get paid and nobody wants to pay him, which I can understand. Um, a lot of people are predicting that uh, Mike Evans ends up on the Jets at some point this year, uh, which I could see happening. I mean, he's I think he's 30. He's been an incredible receiver. He's on track for a Hall of Fame career. But if you can get a first-round pick for him, if you're Tampa Bay, maybe a couple seconds, I don't know, whatever it is, I think they do that. They do have the 10th hardest schedule in in the NFL, so it's, it's brutal. Um, I mean, their division is not incredibly difficult, uh, but... I do think, like you said, there there could be some games where they win games that they shouldn't because, again, of Mike Evans or Chris Godwin. And, and Baker Mayfield, he's, he's not great. He's not very good, but he does show flashes. And he's he's a tough guy. He, he plays with heart, and team you know players seem to like him, and they're, they're, uh, they follow him. So I, I, I can't see them pulling off some, some upsets here and there. How do you see this division playing out? Yeah, I'm going to go one Saints, two Falcons, Three Panthers, four Buccaneers, but I feel like Bucks Panthers will be pretty close. Like they'll mm. each be like three, four win teams. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna go Saints, Falcons, uh, Buccaneers because I do think they still have some talent. Uh, even on defense, they have some some players, Levante David. They still have Shaquille Barrett. Um, they still have uh, yeah Devin White. So they have some some talent on defense. Uh, they still got Vita Vea, and then on offense, you know. Nothing special uh, outside of the two receivers, but I think they could be good enough to, you know, maybe sweep Carolina. Uh, those division games are always weird too with that division. Yep. I don't know what it is. Um, so yeah, that's how it's going to shake out. Give me your seven playoff teams. I mean, we think we've definitely hinted at it, but <laughs> give me your give me your seven playoff teams. We'll go division by division. So NFC East, how many you got there? Oh, you're on mute. I go. I'm going Eagles, Cowboys, and then let's see NFC North. I'm going mm-hmm. Green Bay. That's it. Okay. Uh, and then I'm going. Let's see, Niners, Seahawks. How many am I at? Yeah, five. So you got two more. I got five. Okay. Sorry. Let's go back. I'm gonna go back and say the <laughs> okay. Vikings. Okay. And then we'll go Saints. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll get the Vikings in there and we'll go Saints. Okay. I'm gonna go Eagles, Cowboys. So that's my two. And the NFC North, uh, Lions, Vikings. I don't think the Packers make it. Uh, NFC West, Niners, Seahawks, and then the Saints. So those are our seven playoff teams. The NFC, man, it's it's really weird this year. I think most of the quarterback talent is uh, in the AFC, and I think the NFC is going to be completely wide open. Um, the, the usual trend is that half the playoff teams from last year don't make it. Um, so I'm sure we're going to see some... Uh, some upheaval here this year, or it could just go kind of chalk because of the, the lack of quarterback talent. But as you know, there's going to be a ton of injuries like there always is. and Always, you know. always. Injuries is what dictates the, most of the seasons here. So, I mean, we're predicting this based on full health, but, mm-hmm. you know, that's not going to happen. So, And that's no fun. It'd be a very short podcast. Be like, oh, if he stays healthy, all right. Oh, you know, everybody's going to yeah, get like, hurt. Oh, okay, yeah. Everyone's going to get hurt. <laughs> no one's going to make the playoffs. That's what Exactly, exactly. 
So thank you guys for for rocking with us. Let us know who your NFC playoff teams. Let us know who uh, you think is going to win the division. Um, let us know if we're crazy with some of our picks. I don't think we made anything too bold. I think uh, maybe Solman's pick of the Packers winning the NFC North. But even that's not that bold. I mean, they're a game and a half behind Detroit in terms of the, the over-under. So nothing too crazy. But yeah, thanks again for rocking with us. Make sure to leave us a review and subscribe where you're listening to this podcast. Make sure to follow us on all the major social media platforms. Follow us on YouTube at 4040VisionPod. We have a newsletter out, so all these great episodes and great content can come straight to your inbox. So look out for that on our social media pages. Thanks, Oman. Appreciate you, man. Later, man.